We are live, more or less, from Las Vegas. With Mark Anthony, I'm Rick Rosen. and this is Good Sports. What's happening, buddy? Welcome back, man. You were yeah. uh, out of the country. You were, you were in some foreign nation. I was in Utah. Same thing. Okay, close enough. Yeah, I'm certain <laughs> that qualifies for, by most people's definitions. Wow. Well, how was it? Well, Bryce and Zion, always beautiful. What what year is it in Utah? Uh, it depends on what part. <laughs> 80, 85, somewhere yeah. in there. 1950s in, the, in other parts. Yeah, I got it. All right, well, man. Well, well, uh, hey, hey. Uh, see, see, you know, <laughs> we are next to southwestern Utah, which is Mormonville. Okay? It is where all the polygamists are. Okay? And, well, I wouldn't say all. Well, okay. You know, a couple here. The largest group of polygamists yes. live in Southwest Utah, and it's always in right. Arizona. Yes, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's right across the border. Yeah, it's right there on the border. Uh, Colorado City sits there. Um, as for what's Hilldale. the name? Um, Warren Betts. Warren Jeffs. Jeffs. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, that's you it. Know. That's right. And and I always tell my tour tour groups this about you know about several years ago came through there and, you know, I give them the history of the Mormons and I give them the history of the Mormon church and the polygamists and, you know, and all of this stuff and why they're in Southwestern Utah. And we stopped in Kanab. Now, Kanab is as exciting yeah. of a town as it sounds. Okay. <laughs> and hey, it's, it's nice when you come the back way and you, you reach Kanab, Utah. It's like <laughs> civilization again. Hurricane. Uh, first yeah. place I hit coming that way. Yep. And one of my guests, we had stopped at a convenience store, and one of my guests had picked up one of those real estate magazines, you know, that show all 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 the all the houses for sale. Oh yeah. And she's and she's and she's going through it, and she, you know, she elbows me, and she goes, "You're right." And I'm like, "Of course I am, but what am I right on?" <laughs> and she circles it, and there and there's an ad for a ranch. And just outside of uh, Kanab, and this was the headline: "Perfect starter home, six bedrooms." <laughs> Wouldn't you love to 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 know that you're marrying somebody, and the first thing the family expects you is to fill a six bedroom house? Well, yeah, I think there's pluses and minuses to it. You know, I mean, guys get, you know, I I, I think three ways are popular. So there's also always the physical attraction. I don't know what a seven way does when you got six bedrooms. Maybe maybe some of them bedrooms are dedicated to the leftover kids. But uh, and then, and then you know the and then Kanab two in two thousand I think it was two thousand ten they changed the law where you could wear a two piece bathing suit out in public instead of a one piece up up until two. Up, <laughs> Up until 2010, you could only wear a one-piece, but they never designated top or bottom. They just said one. So now we're up to maybe the early 60s? Yes. Okay, that's cool. Um, Well, I'm glad you're back, man. You haven't missed anything other than the following. (laughs) Lamar Odom (laughs) was found unconscious after reportedly taking cocaine and 10 – if your erection lasts more than four hours, call a doctor. The active ingredient of what he was taking is sildenafil. Uh, he was supposed to be taking a, an herbal 
uh, Dick Hardner. I don't know what the what the exact medical phrase is, but uh, uh, that's it. And uh, he supposedly he took ten of them. Well, it's the same as taking ten Viagras or close enough to it to uh, evidently uh, damn near kill a six foot ten uh, very healthy man. And uh, wow. the the all the paparazzi every all, all the press has been here outside of sunrise hospital for days and days holding watch and they're somewhat disappointed that the guy didn't die they were they they were already with their uh, their best obituary reports and now he's opened his eyes and he's and he's speaking uh, he said good morning and uh, reports are that he slept most of yesterday and and coming out of the, out of the coma and expected to be all right. He's still listed as in critical condition. But Lamar Odom, God bless him, one of the most popular players amongst other players uh, to be in the NBA. Uh, the the Lakers certainly uh, uh, had a special affinity for Lamar Odom. I think he won two championships with them. And uh, Kobe Bryant was playing in a exhibition game here in Las Vegas the night of the 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 tragedy with Lamar Odom, or at least the very close to a tragedy. I mean, when they have to bring you back, when they have to do CPR on you three times to get you to, to remain with us, that's close. That's about as close as to death as you can get is you, you, they could have just gone ahead and not done anything and pronounced him dead. So, uh, but they brought him back and, and God bless the people, the, the first responders and all the people that work in the emergency rooms and the, uh, and they tried to airlift him, and they couldn't. He could not fit in the ambulance in the in the helicopter without being all cramped up. And they thought that might kill him, so they then had to go to Plan B and drive him down here to Vegas. And uh, obviously, he's getting uh, good enough care there at Sunrise Hospital that uh, it's brought him back to uh, amongst the living. But, okay. Uh, okay. So the question remains. Yeah. Does he still have a heart on? Well, you would think after 10 of those, man, I mean, I think, you know, it came close to to, to, to rigor mortis rather than rigor dickus. So I think there's a, you know, once you cross that line, dude, it's a, uh, so anyhow, uh, we're happy to report that Lamar Odom seems to be much, much better. Uh, he has regained consciousness. There was always the, the threat of brain damage. They didn't know how much there was. Um, and, uh, so he's regained consciousness and is able to speak and those kind of things. Those are all good signs. I don't think that he will come out of this unscathed. I think he will have some leftover injuries and probably not be all that anxious. Uh, I would hope not to take Viagra or herbal Viagra or whatever you want to call it. You can you know, he paid, here's the deal. 75 grand got him the VIP suite at, at the brothel up there in crystal Nevada, just outside of Pahrump. And it's the love brothel or something like that. And, you know, I mean, honest to God, I, I, I am a huge proponent of those things. I'm not big on hypocrisy, Mark. And, um, you know, there's, there's prostitution in all 50 States. And, uh, now that they've, they've legalized weed and that, that dam has, uh, at least had some cracks in it between Washington and Colorado and some of the States. And most all of them have accommodated the least medical marijuana. Uh, I think there you you are seeing that they've finally come to the realization you cannot legislate morality. Uh, you, you know, I mean, Jesus' best friend was a prostitute. So if it was good enough for Jesus, you know, whether he partook or not, I don't think is anybody's business. But seventy-five grand, I guess that included the babes. I would hope. 
I would hope that was not just rental on the room, wow. but you actually got some action for it. But, but they, you know, um, those things go on, and it, it's what happens up there. Lamar Odomate, the first guy to haul his uh, cash of drugs in there and, and, and have at it and have a great weekend or whatever it was. Uh, uh, reports are that uh, he'd uh, taken a phone call from uh, uh, his soon-to-be ex, or at least uh, planned-to-be ex, Clay uh, Kardashian, and uh, uh, then w- w- said, screw it, I'm going to go go to a whorehouse and, and blow 75 grand and take some liquid Viagra or some herbal Viagra and some cocaine and see what happens. Well, now we know what happens. When you do that, <laughs> you end up in Sunrise Hospital in intensive care with tubes and needles and all that crap stuck in you. So, you know, let this be a lesson. If you got 75 grand laying around, don't, don't just go willy nilly up to the, up to the brothel. Actually, and, uh, but that's actually, what he did. Yeah. actually, actually it proves two points. Yes. <laughs> what two points would that be? No matter how hot the woman is, somewhere along the line, someone is tired of her shit. That's right. <laughs> and moving on. And yep. they had to go to a brothel. And, and you know, again, let's, let's just say, okay, the guy wasn't a hypocrite. I'm going to a brothel. I took a, I took a limo up. I signed a few autographs. I picked a couple of girls, and I said, okay, we'll see you in the morning. And they they did whatever they did, and they went back. They hadn't heard from him, and went back the next day and found him blowing blood out of his nose and his mouth and frothing and all this all the things that you would think are just before they said, well, put the toe tag on him, and we're going to need an extra long casket. So, but it, it has been somewhat disgusting, Mark, just to see the attitudes of the people that are covering here, uh, oh, yeah. not necessarily from our local people. I think we're kind of we're used to stars. And and Lamar Odom is a is a, I mean ex NBA player and and part of the Kardashians and the reality TV and all that nonsense. Still not I I think a, a guy you would consider an A lister. Kobe's an A lister. Tom Brady and Giselle they're A listers. You get down to guys that that won two championships and were sixth man of the year and not starter of the year, and now you're talking about maybe not an A lister, but they've treated him. In the press, very much like uh, you know, this is the this is the greatest guy to ever uh, ever strap on sneakers and walk onto a basketball court. And that's not the case, and they seem somewhat disappointed that the guy didn't die. There was a there was a noticeable drop in their enthusiasm on the reports, and you would think they would, you know, hey man, the guy woke up, he came out of the coma, and it's like, well, Lamar Odom spoke, and uh, he opened his eyes. And it was very, very low key. So the, you know, the Kardashians uh, are leaving Las Vegas. Thank you. Oh yeah, and not a not a minute too soon. <laughs> well, well uh, you know, you know who, who has less who has less talent, the Kardashians or the Hiltons? Wow, I can't discern any from either group. But uh, I mean, uh, where, where does where, Paris Hilton? Yes, Baron's granddaughter. What's her skill? So far, it was the sex tape, which didn't look like that much skill. I mean, uh, in all honesty, you can kind of see that down downtown if you look in the alleys <laughs> and stuff. And you know, I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a well produced uh, porno. On the other hand, the Kardashians are a, a you know they're they're at times a train wreck. I mean, <laughs> you just think of what's happened in this past oh, let's say six months. You got the 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 Bruce Jenner transition uh what what is what is her name now starts with the k i know caitlin Caitlin. Caitlin. okay which which okay cool 
but uh, but I mean, imagine being married, and I know you are, Mark, at least momentarily, or for <laughs> hopefully for the rest of your life, but at least never now. Number four, buddy. <laughs> number four. Right. Number four, there it is. Take it over. Take it over, ladies. <laughs> um, anyhow, the, uh, imagine being married for that long, and then your spouse coming to you and saying, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm going to have a sex change. So... Now, you know, your father-in-law is now your mother-in-law. You're, you know, that's what Odom has gone through. And everything living in that fishbowl is not as much fun as it seems like for some of these people. And some people handle it well and some don't. And it just seems like a circus. So uh, I think Las Vegas will survive quite well with the Kardashians being elsewhere. Well, see, uh, see, Kobe, see, Kobe had to see, be in town and went by the hospital and, you know. See, it's really funny because with 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 my website, The Vegas Tours, I get all kinds of questions about celebrities coming to Vegas and all that. And I always answer it's Vegas. We are so used to celebrities coming here and doing stupid things. It doesn't make front page. Okay. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, we, we have that family up in North Las Vegas where the mother took the daughter out, out, out to teach her how to drive at one o'clock in the morning and got killed by a gangbanger that, you know, that makes headlines. They can identity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay, when you get to that level of stupidity, then you'll make the front page. But, you know, getting drugged up on on fake Viagra at at a brothel when you're hooked up with a Kardashian, eh, page five. And you know what's really cool, Mark? We, we are the epicenter for so much in sports. It would be hard to find a place if they would ever play a Super Bowl here or something like that. It would absolutely be the icing on the cake there, but we really are the epicenter of a great deal of sports activity here in Las Vegas, even though we do not have a pro, one of the big four franchises going for us. I mean, my gosh, we could not be more of the, the headquarters for uh, mixed martial arts. Right. I don't care where else on earth they go when they come here to Vegas and they're whether it's the Mandalay Bay or, you know what? or the Thomas and Mac. You know what? Go ahead. We're missing that. We're missing what? Over at the Palms, you can rent a suite with a regulation half-court basketball court. Oh, yeah. You've never been up there? They need one with an, with an, with an MMA ring in it. I think, you know, that's, that's my idea. Take, take a hotel that's, suite, put an MMA ring in it. You can hire a couple of MMA yeah. girls. That, ring girls? Yeah. 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 We can referee. <laughs> I I think he's hurt. <laughs> We're good. So, thank you. All right. Well, we have fans now watching us do the show. So, it's our friend Wes just walked college in. Football. We, got foot, we have college football things. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, Michigan and Michigan State are playing in the big house. So, there's 110,000 people watching the two, uh, uh, two teams. And it's a very good game, very close game. Uh, that seems to be going well. Um, the Florida and uh, uh, LSU play uh, the number, uh, obviously the, uh, at least I think uh, the number one player in college football uh, for net for LSU. Well, you hand that guy the ball and you just start telling the <laughs> warning the people up in the, up in the scoreboard. Okay. Get ready. Cause the number's about to change. This guy's got the ball. Uh, there's some, we're coming down to the meat of the season and uh, November 2nd, the, uh, they have their next uh, meeting uh, for the four-team playoffs, and that's how that that's going to come about. So they're 
you know, everybody's kind of positioning. You will see teams run up scores now. You know, people, teams that are on the periphery, I would say somebody in the top 10, who knows this is they have between now and November 2nd uh, uh, to uh, to impress the people that make the decisions. So that's this game and the next game. And so if you get a chance to, uh, and Michigan, Michigan State is 2014 uh, Michigan with uh, 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, it looks like. So again, a, a pretty close game, which is what you expect from these rivalry games. And so sometimes your your athletic director earns their keep by how they put your schedule together. If they schedule your bye week before your big opponent, then it gives you two weeks to 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 study and and prepare and those kind of things. So, um, uh, but it all comes down to these uh, these next uh, ten or twelve days, Mark, where wow. you are going to see some real real high scores and just somebody's trying to impress the uh, the the uh, the people that make the decisions on whether they're in this four team playoff it always they always are going to leave out somebody who has a legitimate shot when you only take four somebody that has a legitimate shot of of getting hot and winning the championship whether they have one loss or or, or whatever it is is left out of that deal and much like the NCAA has uh, moved the, the March Madness it used to be eight teams and now it's sixty what do they have 66 68 something, yeah. something like that with all the playing games and all that so that's about half of the teams uh, that play college basketball make the ncaa tournament now when ucla was winning all their championships it was eight teams so you started in the you started in the grade eight and went to the final four and you know so you you won three and you were the national champions now it's a whole month of oh my god uh, elimination games but yeah in football they're they've got the they've got the four teams and it's a step in the right direction from that bcs nonsense that always left a bunch of people out so now at least they they settle it on the on the field but they have that problem of of extending the season to uh, playoffs are different in basketball than they are in football in football it takes a while to recover not that it doesn't in basketball but it's just a much shorter while and a, a lot different you know bumps and bruises you don't play football particularly at the at the college level if you're if you're in the NCAA uh, uh, Division One football, you're in there with some big people, and you get hit, and you know you're a ball carrier, and you carry the ball twenty times, you're not ready to play tomorrow. You're you're soaking your knees and your and your you know whatever else hurts, and uh, you don't have that in basketball. So it's a much easier deal to expand the basketball tournament than it would be for football. I I uh, always I, I, I always have to laugh because um, I. I have a friend here in in Vegas who uh, came from Michigan, and I mean, you know, he blocks this day out when Michigan plays Michigan State. You know, it's phones off, cell phones off. There's no computer. You are in yeah. front of that television. Oh, yeah. You know, and and when I lived in Georgia, you know, I was like 23 years old. I you know I am not a you know I wasn't a sports fan down there, and this one day, the whole town just shut down. I mean, shopping malls were closed. There was, you know, you didn't go out. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And they're like, it's Georgia versus Florida. It's a high, you know, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, and they're like, no, everything, every, everyone's in front of the, t- you know, college football <laughs> is a huge, huge thing oh, for yeah for for some of these states it's amazing yeah 
And they, you know, the, the, you talked about the, the war uh, uh, amongst the hedges. That's uh, Florida, Georgia. And they have some big matchups, big rivalry matchups. And I don't know if there gets much bigger than this. It's at Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, yes. the same team. But this is a great day. These campuses are eight miles apart. And um, uh, this would be a great day to be a burglar in somewhere in Ann Arbor, <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> because ain't nobody home. They're all at the big house, you know. And uh, what a, what a tremendous college atmosphere! You know, you you can't see those those uniforms, and I hope they never change them in Michigan. And not think of Bo Schembechler and and uh, when Woody Hayes was at Ohio State. I mean, what a tremendous rivalry! And and that came about. And Michigan State has always been the little brothers, and uh, you know, although they've had some tremendous players there, uh, Kirk Cousins, the guy uh, that has been in the news lately as the as the quarterback of choice now with Washington. Uh, certainly was a huge star at uh, at Michigan State, and uh, uh, but they've always been thought of uh, as the, the the little brother, and they refer to them as that. And Jim Harbaugh comes from the Niners, and uh, you know, leaves uh, leaves people glad that he left, and ends up at Michigan, and now they're playing ball about as well as you can play. I mean, I think they pitched three shutouts in a row, which is almost unheard of in this day of not only. Very intricate offenses, but the the officials, uh, the rules, make it much more easy to score than to stop scoring. Uh, they they've gone they've taken quite a bit of the tools out of the defenders' hands. So when you pitch a shutout now, it counts more than it used to. Uh, when, when when you can hold somebody to nothing, uh, as skewed as things are towards the offense, that is a bigger deal than it used to be. And Michigan has that defense playing, but 2014, and I'm getting seven, so I'm good. <laughs> they'll just they'll just fire off the gun. I am good. Here, I'll tell you what I have, and, and we'll have to put this up there. I have uh, LSU minus seven, Michigan State plus seven, and I have the over in the Cubs and Mets game, and it's over six and a half. Uh, yeah, over six and a half. Uh, Lester and uh, John Lester and Matt Harvey, uh, the two opposing pitchers. And I always wonder why why do they. You know, they always put the pitcher's record. He was 14-2. and two. Yeah, well, did he pitch to himself? He had a catcher back there. How come the catcher doesn't get that same record on his resume? How about how about the first baseman that played in every one of those games? You know, uh, but they give the, they, they put the, the wins and losses on us on the pitchers. It's not always the pitchers. You know, you got guys that can't play defense behind you. Okay, and that hurts you. You got guys that can't score runs for you with the bats. Okay, then that hurts you. It affects your record. So it's tough to just quantify everything. But baseball is huge on their numbers. And and uh, things that, that trends and those kind of things, the three of the four teams left uh, outside of Kansas City, you have Toronto and Kansas City. Uh, I'm sure TV executives everywhere were were contemplating taking a great deal of Viagra all at one time and going out <laughs> with the bang, as they say, uh, when it came to Kansas City and uh, and Toronto. I mean, not two real big uh, TV markets. Certainly, with Toronto being in Canada, uh, there's some differences there that are uh, you know. The, I mean, Toronto is a very wonderful city. Great food. If you can't have fun in Toronto, you probably need an autopsy. But it's just not a huge television market, and certainly some things don't translate uh, over well across the border. Some do, some don't. And uh, uh, so, but on the other hand, the executives on the National League side, <laughs> they're damned happy. They got the Cubs in, who may very well get back to the World Series since uh, around World War II, and, uh, uh, or the Mets. 
uh, you got two of the three biggest uh, markets, uh, television markets in the in the United States playing there. So it is a it it is a very noticeable difference uh, between the two series. But they're playing hard, and and three of the four teams, the Toronto Blue Jays, up until two years ago, were the farm team. We were the the Las Vegas 51s were the farm team for the Toronto Blue Jays. So quite a few of the players that are playing now are on the roster now. We're here. We got to see them. And now we are the farm team of the Mets. And by golly, it's the same thing. Uh, Noah Syndergaard is going to go in game two uh, Sunday night. And uh, he was a, a, a pitcher here for the 51s and, and Mets. And several of those guys, I got the, the, the picture of them uh, all standing together. And I, I think there's only one of them that, that remained with the 51s of the entire year. So, uh, And then, uh, of course, there's the Cubs. And uh, this is, I don't care what anybody says, this is a Cubs town. If we were closer to Chicago, there'd be a lot more road trips. Um, but it's it's just a very, very nice thing that we got to see a great deal of the talent that's playing uh, to go to the World Series. We're, we're guaranteed of having at least one team that has a, a very recent Vegas connection uh, being in the World Series. I mean, it's either going to be Chicago and, or the Mets. Um, and they both uh, they both were here, um, you know. You, so you got to see a lot of guys. So I think it's cool for for, for Vegas baseball. A um, couple things, Mark. Uh, not necessarily the police blotter, but se- yeah, I guess it is the bladder blotter. <laughs> not, not bladder. Finally, I mean, gosh, don't don't do this too quick. You know, everybody but him was taking money. You've, you've, you've got everybody. Oh, but that guy, no, he knew nothing about it and he wasn't taking any money and didn't do anything. So FIFA, the people that control uh, soccer finally said, okay, uh, we're going to give you a 90 day suspension. And uh, they're arguing about that. He didn't, if he had just resigned, you know, now he's got a 90 day suspension. What the hell's the difference? Yeah. Uh, and he's not coming back and he's done bad, bad harm. Uh, to uh, to soccer, but it will survive. Set bladder is just kind of how things were done, and uh, you know they're they're running him out. He's he's done as a as a world figure unless he goes to to jail, in which case he'll be you know somebody's bitch. Um, we, that brings us to the Pro Bowl Rider World Finals. And yeah. by the way, that's a very that's a very nice picture on your monitor Thank right you. behind you, Mark. Uh, yeah, who took that? I think I think that's yours. Hey, I recognize that photo, uh, but it's still cool. I, I, it, it's nice you have it on the monitor back there. Yeah. The Pro Bowl Rider World Finals are coming in. Uh, I believe uh, media day is uh, Tuesday, and we're going to have some interviews. And, and uh, of course, I always like to talk to JB, but, you know, there's so many so many parts of that deal that, that work, that have to work. Um, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of the Bullfighters. I think one of the greatest entertainers I have ever seen. Well, I know one of the greatest entertainers I have ever seen. Um, in in Flint Rasmussen, uh, you know, will be here, and and the energy that that guy puts out to to make everybody smile, and how successful he is at that. Anybody that's in the media, anybody that wants to do something entertainment wise, you need to you need to look at how Flint Rasmussen goes about his business because he is the the ultimate pro. And uh, in that very same vein, one of the one of the nicest uh, uh, people on earth who's as professional and and awesome as as I've ever known anybody to be uh, is Leah Garcia, who is the announcer, the the sideline reporter for the Pro Bowl Riders, and what a tremendous job Leah does. And uh, it, it's just always a real, real cool thing. Just the the, the 
to even until you get to the the bulls and and the bull riders you've got this great organization and they do a, a wonderful job and this is this is the end of an era this is the last pro bull rider world finals at the thomas and mac uh i think uh, much to my chagrin uh, if nothing else mark and i don't think it's a a wonderful thing for but we will see how, how it works out. But nonetheless, this is the last year that the World Finals are going to be at the Thomas and Mac, and they're going to uh, schedule to move to the. They're not tearing the place down, Rick. It'll still be. Well, yeah, but they're not having it, it there. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying they just won't have it there. By the way, twenty three fourteen. Twenty three fourteen. So sad about that. Twenty three fourteen. Michigan uh, over Michigan State until Michigan State just ran one in with the guy. That's got to be close to 300 pounds. I don't know if that's a tight end or what, but that's a big man that just rumbled with the pass and got a Wow. What a big guy. He just, he, he was hauling it down there like a trash truck headed for the dump. And I don't think he scored. I believe he's going to be about a yard short on this. Uh, I think his knee hit before the ball went over the line, but nonetheless, Michigan state bouncing right back and uh, they're, they're at the big house and this is a big game and that's cool. Pro Bowl riders, on the other hand, Mark, a lot of these guys toil in anonymity. Uh, the Brazilian contingent comes up and they make their, they have their own group and and probably more more well supported. You know, you the Flint will mention a state or something like that, and he'll talk to the Texans, and then the the people from Montana will be there, and there's you know here and there, and California is always well represented by writers. But when you get the Brazilians, it don't matter what part of Brazil you're from, and they're big. I mean, Brazil is a big country. They have some they have some pretty divergent places in the same country, much like America does. I mean, there's a difference between between Alabama and and Minnesota. And they're the same kind of divisions in Brazil, but nobody really pays attention to that here. They, you're Brazilian. They wave that Brazilian flag. Then people go nuts, and they're very, very uh, uh, together. They they really work well as a team, and so they are the they are the big threats. But we're going to start with the Bulls, Mark. And um, when you look down this lineup of Bulls, I'll, I'll read you the top ten, and you think. Here's what J.B. Mooney has done. They have a they have a draft for the Bulls that you're going to ride. Any night they say, okay, these are the, however you finish today, these are the next day's Bulls. And the number one guy gets first pick. So J.B. Mooney, by not playing it safe, by taking the toughest Bull, he took airtime a couple weeks ago uh, and didn't have to, but he took airtime. That forced everybody behind him to take the toughest Bull, not one they could ride and score 85 on, one that they probably aren't going to ride, but if they do, they're going to get 92 or 93 on. That's the only way I think JB's playing it very smart. First of all, that's that's just the the kind of balls the guy has. Uh, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to back in or mamby pamby it in. He wants to win it outright, and, and I believe that's exactly what he's going to do. But when he picks when he picks airtime, that means the next guy down the line has to take asteroid uh, right behind him because if JB rides airtime or JB takes takes asteroid, you got to take Roy or Mickey Mouse, or so you can't just wait till. Uh, I think I can get an 85 on this bull. You can't do it. So JB really is playing it much like a, a there's one guy with the big money stack at, at a poker table. JB Mooney has enough has enough chips in his hand now to uh, make everybody else play it his way. And uh, so uh, I think he's very much in control. But here's the lineup of the top, uh, at least the top nine bulls, Mark. I guess there's a there's a tie for 
uh, for ninth with uh, with uh, Spotted Demon and Big Benny. And those are the those are the the nine and at forty four and a half their average bull score. <laughs> that means if the cowboy does his deal, that's an eighty nine on the average. And uh, but nobody's nobody's ridden them, so they're bucked off. They're seven and zero, yeah. two and zero, and then you get the smooth operator, sixteen and one. Oh my goodness! Uh, he has a ninety-three point seven five percent. His his half of his of the score, uh, smooth operator forty-four seventy-two. There again, eighty-nine point rides. Now we're into the nineties. Number seven, Stone Sober. <laughs> Nobody's ridden him, and his average bull score is forty-five. Well, I'm telling you what: if a cowboy if a cowboy rides him, is averaging forty-five, he's the, he's already the world champion. He would be un, uncatchable. Airtime next up forty five point thirteen, hundred percent. Bruiser forty five point two nine. Sweet Pros Long John, and eh, I don't know how they got that name, but anyway, <laughs> he's, he's at forty five two nine. Uh, Mickey Mouse forty five three eight. Roy, uh, who is the uh, the half brother of uh, of Bushwhacker, I believe, and then Asteroid. And Asteroid has forty six. That's a ninety two score if, if you happen to ride asteroid you get a 92 points if you just do your half of the deal and that's a you know that's enough to win damn near any any round of any competition so uh and uh for the for the young men that ride the bulls we uh i, I guess we'll we'll work down from the guy who i mean he has a, a an advantage that is just i i don't know how you catch JB? He's he's up thirteen uh, thirteen hundred points going into the world finals, and he would have to. He's going to have to have a very very poor um, world finals for him not to win not to win the championship. It's JB Mooney, uh, well, thirteen hundred and fifteen points over Yao Ricardo Vieira. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, you look at JB. The guy is just. He he is a machine, okay. First of all, but he is a calculating machine, and he's always going to calculate on oh, yeah. the high side. I am going to take yeah. the the best ball out there because I'm going to get the highest point, or I'm going to get nothing. And yeah. and and he he doesn't leave the the top bowl for the next guy. Yeah, to go past him. He, you know, it's like so, I, you know, you know right. I'm not going to give you a chance. The only way you're going to get a chance sure. is if that bowl takes me out. And yeah. even then, as long as he's got a pulse and he's got an eye open out and, you know, and he's got a wrist that, that, you know, they can wrap him into, he's going to ride. But, oh, yeah. the, but in the world finals, you know, you have the, the 45 top bull riders who are already at the top of the game. They can't slack down at all because they've got JD no. sitting there going, come here, come here. Yeah. Take me on. Come on, buddy. I'll see that see that in Raja 10. Yes. And that's exactly what he's doing. Like I say, he's very much in control. And some guys, um, he not only has the skill uh, to ride the bulls and the talent, but he also knows how to play the game. And that's a very, very good combination. I mean, people talk about the Patriots like that. Oh, they cheat and they do that. No, they just play well. They know the rules. They play and they, you know, if you're not to... If you're not pushing the envelope, then you're leaving something there, and that's not a good thing to do. And so that's how that's how this championship's going to be won. I'll be very surprised if it's not JB. He's ridden 59% of the bulls that he's been on. Uh, his he he's he's ridden he's been up 76 times, and he's ridden 45 of them in 30 events. 
Awesome. It's just, the the energy that he brings to the Thomas and Mac is just, it's just Mm. amazing to be in there. And, you know, again, because he drives everyone else to, to give it 105% when he gives it 120%, every ride in there is just an amazing ride and just the energy level. And, you, you know, I try to explain this to to folks who have never wa- been to the Pro Bowl riders is yeah. they are competitors, but they cheer each other on. Oh, yeah. Their competition is the Bulls. Yeah. And they do help each other up to a certain point. I don't think you see a lot of Brazilians pulling ropes for the for the American contingent. No. And I don't I don't see the Americans pulling ropes for the Brazilians. They've got their own guys to do that. They don't need I think if they needed. I, I'm pretty sure a guy as popular as Jeremy Marchi, if he needed his bull rope pulled, uh, JB Mooney would run over there and, and pull it for him and, and, and get him set and, and do, you know, do the same job that he would do for J.W. Harris. Uh, speaking of J.W. Harris sitting at number five, uh, he's a guy that came over from the PRCA. He won the championship there uh, at least a couple times. That's if I'm cool. not mistaken, Mark. And absolutely dominated uh, at the PR, uh, PRCA uh, that uh, – you just don't see that dominance uh, for that long a time, I don't believe, in the Pro Bowl riders. And uh, J.W. Harris saw the light or got the got the message or whatever happened or just uh, understood that he needed to, uh, uh, if he was going to be considered the, 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 the greatest, he had to fight the greatest. And that's, uh, you know, uh, that's the name of the game. But he's at the number five, and I think it's been very cool, the sportsmanship that, the, that these other Cowboys have shown J.W. Harris because that was the pretty acrimonious split from the Pro Bowl Riders and the Pro uh, uh, Rodeo Cowboys Association. And uh, they both have they both have flourished. And, again, <laughs> Las Vegas is where they put the crown on the champion, so that's cool for us, too. But uh, uh, J.B. Mooney has 5,105 points. Yao Ricardo Vieira at 37.90, although he's got more than half a million dollars in winnings. I think he's by far and away. He won two of the big, uh, of the big four uh, events, uh, but uh, that's, that's pretty good. He's ridden 55 bulls in 43 events. JB's only been at 30 events. So he's got a huge lead. Imagine if he'd gone to 43 and Kaiki Pacheco has been at 56 events. So of all the, of all the top uh, 10, JB's got the fewest events attended. And, uh, you know, he's only ridden 45 bulls. Uh, one of them, uh, Kaiki Pacheco has ridden 75 bulls successfully out of a, 132 that he's got up on. That's but, a hell of a lot of bulls to get up on. But again, yeah. but again, you know, JB is running this through his head and going, okay, what events do I need to ride? You know, I don't need to ride 175 bulls. Nope. At, you know, I just need to ride, a, ride 100% at these events and I will be, at the finals, I you know, and put the pressure on the other guys. He doesn't put pressure on himself. JB rides very smoothly. If he's if he's healthy, uh, there's there's nobody that I see that's that's in his class. Uh, everybody else is. There's a whole bunch of people that are close, but I think when JB Booney is Mooney is healthy, uh, there's no there's no he has no peers whatsoever. It's it's he is what Michael Jordan was. He is what whomever what tiger woods was he did that's what jb mooney is to this sport 
And I think he very well, again, with his health, he's young, he's, he's vibrant, he loves doing what he's doing. Uh, he has a great time. I think he's hugely popular and very, very good for the sport. And uh, I think he's got four or five more championships left in him, if he, if, again, if he stays healthy. And, uh, um, you know, he, he does get the... He does get a lot of props from from these guys, uh, and uh, and rightly so. But uh, you know, we, I don't think it's uh, it's going to be anytime soon that we see somebody come along with the skill level of JB Mooney and that and that competitiveness too. I think that's what separates him, Mark, as much as anything. Is that okay? Here it is. Yeah, uh, here's what I did. You know, if you can do it better, do it. But here's what here's what I'm going to put down there for. I'm going to set the bar real, real high, and uh, nobody's been able to get over the bar. Yeah, Yao uh, Yao, uh, Ricardo Vieira won two of the big four events and has well over. uh, I think he's got a a two hundred thousand dollar leader thereabouts over JB Mooney in second place for the money. And JB never let that get to him. Uh, He he just stayed right with it and uh, didn't care that uh, Vieira won the two two, uh, major events that they had were double points and double money and all that stuff. And JB just kept he stayed right to what he what he wanted to do. Uh, he does credit his his uh, lovely young wife for helping settle him down and 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 making him take some time off and get healthy and whatever. And you know, behind every successful man is a, is a is a woman, uh, and that's uh, very true. At least in this case with JB, I think it's uh, it's been very very good for him. And man, folks, if you're listening and you have not seen this this young man ride a bull, go watch because if you're not impressed after that, once again. I'll say something nice at your funeral because that's got to be what's next because you can't be, you cannot be alive and watch Jamie Mooney ride a bull and then that leads us to the bullfighters and when you have the bullfighters and you're talking about I, I, as many back <laughs> many things back that you go to the genesis of where they started they had Rob Smiths the kamikaze kid and George Michael from the Sports Machine, God rest him, was a huge proponent, and he's the guy that that, that brought Rob Smith's name in front of a in, in front of a much bigger audience. And, and the Kamikaze Kid was a tremendous athlete, and just uh, had balls the size size of bowling balls. And the things that he would do to save these these guys, and I believe Rob Smith is the guy who took them from being referred to as clowns to now being bullfighters, but you've got Jesse Byrne, Frank Newsom, Shorty Gorham, and Lindell Runyon are going to be here, uh, at least for this uh, time. We miss Joe Bumgartner, uh, who has uh, who has retired and gone on, and certainly uh, Rob Smets, uh, two of the greatest bullfighters ever. Uh, but uh, when when these guys are out there and they're and they're doing their thing, there that's a whole nother skill set to draw an angry animal away from somebody. And then, and then, not let it do anything to you. And if you like moves that you see on the football field of guys, oh gosh, he made that two hundred and twenty-five pound linebacker miss him. Yeah, well, make an eighteen hundred pound bull with horns that it would go right through you, miss you. That's a bigger accomplishment, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, we're we're going to see some of the greatest athletes on earth, including the bulls. Well, uh, well, it's funny when I got to interview Rob Rob Smets, you know, and I said, God, you know, how do you you know, you got to be missing some some screws, okay? <laughs> to step in front of the bull, and he looks at me and he goes, "We're the sane ones. The nuts guys are the ones on top." Yeah. You know, and he goes, "All you got to do," he goes, "The secret to my success is very simple. Just stay stay in front of the bull because wherever that head is is where the body's going." Yeah. 
Okay. He's a, what, oh. what a, what, I mean, this is a guy that invented the, the entire thing. And they had the Dickies bullfighters when the Pro Bowl riders used to be at the Mandalay Bay for the first half and then finish yeah. up with the Thomas and Mac. They had the, they had the, the, the Dickies bullfighters and uh, they had that competition and they just simply ran out of guys that were uh, healthy enough to let those because it was not it was not bushwhacker and little little yellow jacket and those kind of bulls and airtime and asteroid and on and on and on it was not the bulls that you see with people on their back they they brought in them portuguese fighting bulls and they're a smaller version and small being a relative thing they weighed around 1200 pounds on the average the bulls that you see the 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 cowboys ride at the pro bowl riders weigh probably an average of 1750 to 1800 pounds somewhere in that range there's a big difference. <laughs> it's the difference between a lineman and a, and a little running back. And when they they open the they open the door and let that first uh, Portuguese fighting bull out, he got one look at the bullfighter who happened to be the first guy out there, and he made a beeline for him, and it was like, uh oh, and and he had nowhere to go. And I got the picture of that bull that bull picking him up, and that horn come right between his legs, and you're thinking, man, that was as close as I ever seen to an ivory anima. Because you <laughs> damn near got one. And, uh, yeah, so those guys. And I don't know where the hell you practice that. I don't know what you. Hey, drive the car at me and let me see if I can get out of the way. Because if you find out you can't do it, it's almost like yep. the guys that do the freestyle motocross. Okay, I'm in the middle of this thing. I'm 60 foot up in the air and all crap. <laughs> I, I do not have enough talent to do that. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here comes the ground. So um, I, I will I will never forget it was about five about five years ago. We were at the World Finals, and ESPN sent in a crew of media people. And there was a reporter there that just got on everybody's nerves because he was sports reporter XL. He is, you know, he has covered WWE. He has covered the climbing of Mount Everest, and rah, 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 this is going to be nothing. And I remember. Sitting, you know, so so we go down to the to the moat. You guys are out in your pen out there, you know, <laughs> you know, and and he's the asylum. You know, we call it the what? The asylum. The yeah, okay. That's what we we refer to it out there. And you know, I'm on one side of him. The two Yorkies are on are on the other side of him. And, you know, he's still just beating his chest about how this is nothing compared to, you know, the running of the bulls in Pompeii or, you know. <laughs> Pamplona. Pamplona. Yeah. yeah. Pompeii and, would be a good place. And I forgot who it was, but somebody on the other side of me said, okay, here's how it goes down. The, the first bull comes out day one, throws the rider off, turns around, looks for Mark, and, and comes after Mark. After that, we all step up to the fence and we're good. And, yeah, well, whatever, whatever. And that's how it is. For whatever reason, somebody backstage tells the first bull, you see that guy over there? Go after him. <laughs> yeah. That first bull it's comes like up, throws part, that rider, spins around, stops, looks right at me. No shit. This bull looked right at me, and he came right for me. This ESC, this ESPN guy was up the wall across the Thomas and Mac, and he was in the concourse. <laughs> well, and we, I talked and, to our friend Tom Donahue into going. I kept, you know, Tom had been my boss at the Speedway uh, yeah. and uh, a world-renowned photographer, one of the finest photographers I've ever met. 
and Tom is the guy that hangs out of the freaking helicopter and waves at us, holding on to the inside of the helicopter with one hand and waves at us when they're you know flying over the speedway. So it's not like he lacks for uh, for for intestinal fortitude. And I kept telling him, "Come on, dude, you got to go shoot this. It's so much fun, and we have a great time, and you're going to love this excitement. You're going to get some great shots. You're right there." And he finally said, okay, when is it? And, and he called Denise, and uh, Denise Abbott, by the way, who does a tremendous job with the PR, and got credentialed. And here I am in the, in, down there in the asylum next to Tom. I'm kind of showing him the ropes. And there's a couple of bulls that get eight or ten feet away from the chute, and they throw the cowboy, and Tom's taking pictures. He's got his, his big 400 lens where you can see the nose hairs on the bulls. <laughs> and, and, and so – it was like the third or fourth bull, and I'm talking, and, and you know, there's there's our group of five or six people that fit on the very front uh, edge of the fence, and then there's another group of eight or ten people that stand either on the little riser behind us or in, be- in the gaps between us, and they're saying, okay, if that bull comes through here, he'll hit the fat guy first, and, and, and the old guy with the gray hair, and then, then we'll have a chance to run, So, but you always worry about them people be, being behind you, trip you up if, if you need to get away. You know, sometimes those, those bulls have a little different plan than what the guy that put the fence up had. But nonetheless, I'm talking to Don you, and I, you know, you're talking and you're ready to shoot and you're looking through the lens and seeing what you, what you got and, and, and this and that. And the bull makes a left turn and the cowboy comes off and he runs towards our fence and the bull comes with him. And the bull's got him lined up and uh, whoever it was, I think it was Jesse or, or whoever at the last minute got to turn the bull away and the cowboy started coming up over the fence. And I'm looking to tell Donahue, how did you get a shot of that? And I'm, and I'm, keep looking and I keep turning around he he was halfway he was halfway out the back gate he was he was going to go over there and pet the Clydesdales for information so it's, it's a little bit of a learning curve to, to, yes. to be able to it's different from the from the moat on the side you get a little different perspective but when they're coming right at you and you're thinking ah, I bet this bull could really hurt me if he wanted to and he, they, there's nobody here that can help you know they would just give me CPR or something afterwards but there's nobody and there, ain't, there ain't no bullfighters on our side I'm it <laughs> <laughs> and I would think they would they would say oh yeah that's just like you said so you say see see the bald guy get him <laughs> So, well, that's about it, Mark. Uh, baseball playoffs. It's uh, in the National League. It is the, the the Mets and the and the Cubs. Ought to be a tremendous series. Both teams very exciting. Uh, again, uh, Chris Bryant of the Cubs, I think, going to be Rookie of the Year. They both have pitching. They both have offense. They both have good. They play a, a good brand of baseball. They don't make a lot of errors. Uh, the Mets lost Tejada uh, to the cheap ass slide from uh, Chase Utley. And uh, have moved on, and they're, they do have some depth, and they do have some guys that are going to have to step up, as every team does at this point in time. Whoever's healthy, whoever's you know, blah, 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 timely hits. Uh, you get guys that haven't done anything, anything notable. I mean, they're in the major leagues, so there, there's a lot to be said for that. But you have guys that really have not uh, shown themselves, and all of a sudden they're, they're on the biggest stage, whether it's the the – series, which we're in now, National League Championship Series and the American League Championship Series, to get to the Super Bowl. And there's damn near as much pressure to win that, to get there, to have the chance to play for the championship, as there is in the World Series. And you see guys step up, and they respond. And you see guys that, that, that don't let the pressure affect them, and it really brings out the best in them. The guy that comes to mind was a, was a cat who was really a second-string catcher. 
for the Oakland A's. His name was Gene Tennis, and uh, T E N A C E. And uh, they, the Oakland A's, were in the World Series, and they had a huge lineup of very, very popular, very good players: Sal Bando and Joe Rudy and Vita Blue, and on and on. And Gene Tennis is the guy that stood up. And every time they needed a big hit, he had he just happened to be the guy on deck or standing there at, at at the plate with the bat in his hands, and he just responded and was the most valuable player of the series. And 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 those are the cool things that you get with baseball that you don't get from the others when it's one and done, when there's one game and you're out, that sucks. And that's how, that's how they use two of the, uh, of the teams or lose two of the teams that have gone all year, 162 games and qualify for a wild, wild card game. And they get to play one and the winner then gets to go to a five game series. And I think they, they might look into that, at least make them the best two out of three. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think it would be an opportunity for them to put that at a neutral site. They could come to Las Vegas and fill the place up for a neutral site, but they don't want to screw the fans over either. So they've got some decisions to make, but this is a very, very exciting time. Like I say, there's a huge Las Vegas connection. I think that's very, very cool. And uh, certainly our high schools and, and the, the, the teams, I mean, you know, they produce a hell of a lot of talent here in Las Vegas. Some of that is our weather that allows these kids to play a sport like baseball damn near year-round. Uh, there's no real. I mean, yeah. it's not like you have to shovel the snow off the off the <laughs> diamond very often, and uh, uh, you know. So we we do have we do have quite the program. You look at Bryce Harper comes uh, through uh, CSN, and his coach Tim Chambers moves on to UNLV, and now uh, running into uh, to, to a little more uh, uh, Royally Waters than I think uh, he was prepared for, and uh, having a, having a few problems so at UNLV that he didn't have at CSN. So so things differ, but. Uh, state of affairs wise in 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 baseball uh Vegas is certainly on the map and we're certainly well represented and and it's a, it's a cool thing so who do you like what do you got the, the twinkies didn't make it <laughs> they got screwed listen they you know they they were one game one game on, after 162 on. the one game away. did you really expect them to go anywhere near the playoffs other than in the bleachers Tori Hunter's still playing. I mean, if Kirby Puckett's dead, but uh, no, you know, you're right. It's unfortunate, but uh, again, I think the guys that, <clears throat> that are TV executives have said, "Okay, you can have you can have Kansas City, you can have Toronto, or you can have Minnesota." Okay, I think Minnesota would have got a hell of a lot of votes. Uh, Minneapolis is bigger, at least. Uh, uh, very comparable market to Toronto and would have been a better thing. But, uh, you know, the Blue Jays, they picked up Troy Tulowitzki and David Price. Price, I think the Blue Jays are winning as we speak. It was 3 nothing when last I looked, Mark. So uh, a lot of fun, man. Looking forward to, looking forward to the Pro Bowl Riders and the World That's Finals right. and the coronation of J.B. Mooney. And uh, we'll, we'll have the pictures ready right here on Good Sports. Links will be on the so, website. Right. Link, links will be on the website. We are going to do a lot of social media on there. I'm going to be doing all kinds of posting during the events, scores, interviews, and shit like that. So follow us on the website. Follow us on Facebook and also on Twitter. Also, if you have any questions, we will take take them as well. Yeah, there you go. And we, we will have some interviews. And uh, by the way, what would you think of a of, of some device that could stop 75% of the concussions in a sport that a uh, combat sport, uh, mixed martial arts, boxing, etc., cetera, um, or, um, some like football. What would you think that would be? Do you think that would be popular, Mark? Do you think that would be something that would be well, well received? I think it'd be 
I think it'd be liked. We're going to find out. Real soon. Vegas, Real Vegas, soon. Vegas Beth is off and running, and we're we're happy to make the announcement here. We wouldn't make it anywhere else, but we believe that's coming to a coming to a sporty goods store very near you, very very soon, as soon as humanly possible. We're going to make that happen, Mark. And uh, God bless. Uh, we've been very very fortunate to have an association with Dr. Dean Sicking, the man who developed the safer barriers, known as the soft wall. Uh, for Indy Racing and now uh, now Formula One and NASCAR all have it on all their tracks, and uh, it, it this is this is one of the coolest things. And uh, uh, also working on the bus stop barriers to make people not die. The only thing bad thing that happens to you at the bus stops here in Vegas is you miss the damn bus and you didn't die because some drunk asshole ran into the bus stop. So. That's right. where we're at, Mark, and I think those things are all all really cool, and they're very very near. And we will we will update people as as we get there. Maybe uh, maybe for the Pro Bowl riders, we'll make. I'll have uh, I'll talk to Doctor Sicking about making a making a cowboy hat that would absorb that kind of uh, that kind of damage. So, uh, all right. Well, I guess that's about it. Any 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 last words, Mark? Check the website for updates and for all of the links. Goodsportsmedia.com. Goodsportsmedia.com. All right. Well. For Mark Anthony, I'm Rick Rosen. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will talk to you next week right here uh, with the updates from the Pro Bowl Riders World Finals and uh, damn near anything else that happens uh, sporting-wise here in Las Vegas. We'll keep you tuned. And uh, that's all we want you to do, folks. Uh, check us out, goodsportsmedia.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us uh, probably at the local bar if you look hard enough. Uh, and uh, I guess that's about it, man. So for all of us here at Good Sports, we thank you for listening, and we'll join you next week. Take care. Bye.